Hi everybody, this is Moshe Fried and welcome to the Class Stars podcast, the very sixth episode, and today I'd like to tell you about why we didn't have a podcast last week. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. Obviously, um, the idea of putting out a podcast every week is a tremendous pressure, and one that I expected should happen. In fact, when I started, I wanted to have a couple of episodes in the queue in case something like this would come up, and I would not be able to produce quality content every single week. But uh, nevertheless, things that's just the way things go. And the exciting thing is that next week we're going to be at the ISTE conference in Philadelphia. It's our first time going to the conference. So we've been really, really busy preparing and not realizing what needs to be done in preparation for this conference. It just completely, completely overtook me. And so I decided that I'm going to hold off for one week and I'm sorry for all of those who are anxiously awaiting episode six last week. You have it today. And uh, let's get on with it. The last time we spoke about emerging patterns, different things that I was uh, noticing and working with teachers and their students and trying to foster those relationships. And I really wanted to build this up slowly because really it, it did take a long time and there were a lot of things involved. And I always found that it's hard to explain a concept in a very, very short amount of time. In fact, one of my biggest challenges is trying to take complicated concepts and, and really squeeze it into a nutshell that it doesn't fit in. One of the beauties of nutshells is that the nut always fits in the nutshell. So if you need to explain something um, that takes more than 10 seconds and you try to put it into 10 seconds, it's not going to work. The beauty of the podcast platform is that it's an ongoing conversation and we can talk for 10 minutes every week or 20 minutes every week, whatever it is, but there's always enough time to talk about what we, what we need to talk about. We can explain what we need to explain. And if there isn't enough time one week that we can continue next week, it's no problem. I know there are podcasts that go on for an hour or even longer, but for now we want to keep it to the between 10 and 20 minute range. That's the amount of time that I find that I can listen well to a podcast, so I want to keep it to that. And let me give you a little bit of background and tell you really about what's going on, what has been going on here. Try to squeeze it a little bit into a nutshell and let's see if that makes any sense. So I was noticing all of these different patterns and I kept thinking to myself, how can we kind of put this into the fabric of the system? You know, there's so many decisions that need to be made on a daily basis. And if we're going to have people, you know, thinking about things and reacting to things, you know, the more we can streamline it, the more we can make it automatic, the better off we are and, and the fewer kids that are going to be overlooked. And what I finally came to the realization, one day I was on a New York City subway and, and I was watching somebody sitting next to me play subway surfers. And it was the most amazing thing because, you know, we all, we've all played subway surfers. You have to be really, really quick and very precise moving that guy back and forth to dodge the different things that are, that are you know, coming towards you. And as you go on, it gets faster and faster. And I was thinking that if a, if a mobile app can get somebody to move their finger with such precision and such accuracy 
because people are really good at this stuff. I mean, the Subway Surfers are a pretty popular game, and there are many other games that are like this too. But what struck me particularly about Subway Surfers is that you needed to be really, really precise with your timing, with the way you're moving this guy around. And if you're able to do that, there must be some way that we can translate that into an application for teachers that would keep their focused on on the keep their focus on the students that need it the most. That was really that was really the challenge that I that I put to myself. How can we take this concept of being able to control someone's attention to the millisecond literally and let's put that to work for children that are being overlooked in school. So, I started thinking about how to develop a software application and again, it's hard to really know how how these things developed, but the biggest problem was that teachers did not notice things about their kids. They did not know their kids really well. They overlooked their kids. And the goal was to gather information on teachers' interactions with students in the simplest, most intuitive way that really forces them to notice the kids that need positive feedback. That was the goal. And that was the beginning of, at the time I was calling, an education app. Didn't really have a name for it, but the idea was to take these concepts build it into an app so that we can help teachers stay focused the way subway surfer players stay focused and that's really really focused so uh, building an app is not really my forte I'm not a software developer but I figured you know listen you got to be a software developer to develop apps so I went to the library and got out the app development for dummies and I read two pages and realized this is not going to happen I need to find someone who can write apps so I went around calling different people that, that I know that are software developers. I pitched this idea to them. I also spoke to several educators about this idea. You know, I wrote out some mock case studies of kids who were loosely based on kids that I had actually worked with, uh, where the problem was clearly that the teachers did not have the information. It was too complicated for the teachers to write everything down and to then go back to it and organize their notes. It's just not fair to demand so much from the teachers already what you know considering what they're doing already so uh so that that was uh you know two separate things that i was looking into two two leads that i was looking down number one does this concept have validity in the world of education and number two is it viable from a technological standpoint so after much much effort and a lot of you know, running into brick walls, that's typically how things go on, this, on the software development and not so much on the educational end because there, I did have a lot of connections. I was, you know, working in a school and know a lot of educators and the feedback that I had gotten was really, really very positive. So the education side was not the issue. The issue was the technical development side and finally I approached my uncle who, is, had been, who had at that time been a software developer for about 25 years he did not have any experience in mobile development, never developed tablet apps, but he'd been in the field for a very long time and he was pretty good at what he did. Not that I would have known otherwise because when you're not an expert in something, it's very hard to know what it means to be an expert in something. But nevertheless, he was the only one that was really willing to take a chance on this. And, and the idea was we were gonna develop a mock app that just demoed the concept and then find investment money and build it out from there. That was that was the plan at that time. To make a long story short, and of course, uh, in future episodes, we'll have a chance to get more into this, into the nitty gritty. But after a couple of years, he and I developed the first prototype of an application that we were calling Class Act. That was an app that was designed to help teachers keep track 
of the interactions they were having with kids, positive and negative interactions, in a very simple way, just a swipe and a tap. We'd have pictures of the kids laid out in the order in which they sit, so you can set it up in any way. You can have it set up as a grid. You can set up your classroom, really add rows and columns and set it up in any format that you would actually have in your classroom. And in order to record a negative interaction, you would swipe down on the child and you'd get a menu of negative events, the most common negative misbehaviors that happen in a classroom. To record positive feedback, you would swipe up on the child and that was basically it. Swipe up, swipe down, and you'd get a menu and you'd tap on one of the items that we did You know, a lot of research, we spoke to a lot of people. It wasn't, I can't say it was scientific research, but it was definitely uh, speaking to a lot of people and you know, from our own experiences and just narrowing it down to the simple misbehaviors. We wanted everybody to look at it in the same way. One of the problems that we found was that from year to year, teachers look at things in different ways. So they may call the same misbehavior by a different name and every year you kind of have to start over again and it takes a couple of months just to settle down and, and you really lose that time. If we are looking at the same things and calling them the same name, it will save us a lot of time in identifying issues with kids and, and addressing them effectively. So this was the first version that we put out and it was quite a disaster, as you can imagine. Um, it needed a good uh, Wi-Fi network and the school that we were testing it in did not have a good Wi-Fi network, although they thought that they did. Apparently they did for what they needed it for, uh, but this was not uh, enough of what we needed it for. And um, also just the way, it, the way it worked with the flow of the teacher's classroom was not really working for them. But the main problem was really uh, that the software was crashing. There were a lot of bugs the software tends to have in the beginning. And here it really needed to be seamless. You can't have, you know, that you're teaching a lesson and then you swipe down on a kid. You know, imagine if your pen wasn't working, right? You take out your pen to mark something down and all of a sudden it's not working. You know, it's very, very frustrating. So with a pen, you just grab another pen and you throw this one in the garbage and onward. But if you're using an application and it's not responding really immediately, it's not gonna work. So that was our, our first round, and we kept working on it. We got some investment money, and we started to build it out. We actually tested it out in about a dozen schools the following year, and again, certain schools were better than others. We got better positive feedback, but these were not schools that had budgets for it, and our biggest challenge at that point was how to teach the teachers how to use it. There were certain teachers that were more tech savvy that caught on to it right away. Others were not at all tech savvy. They could not understand what we wanted from them and obviously everything in between. So the second year taught us a lot, but it was still difficult. The third year we started going, identifying customers that were more appropriate for us. You know, more in the mainstream, we had a couple of public schools and they were used to using technology in the classroom and it was much, much better for them. And then our problem was that we were only running, and this was a problem that we had because of the limitation of my partner, that he had written only Windows applications. We did not have the funds to develop an application for iOS or Android, which are both very popular tablet platforms. So we were limited only to go to places that had you know, Windows tablets, which was basically nowhere. So we were providing our own tablets, which is obviously not viable. 
scalable. You can't build out a business where you're providing all the hardware. And a lot of the issues that we were having, teachers were complaining about the hardware. So instead of answering questions on the software, we were answering questions on the hardware, troubleshooting hardware. It was a big drain on our resources and not viable. So we, we pulled back at that as well. Finally, finally, the following year, and again, I'm going through all this really, really quickly. We'll have a chance to get into all this more in detail as time goes on, but I'm just bringing you up to speed about what we are planning to unveil at this ISTE conference next week. And of course, I will share with you. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to broadcast at the conference itself. And if not, then afterwards, shortly afterwards for next week's episode. And of course, the following week, we will follow up on all that stuff that's happening too. But basically, we launched our three-platform version. We are now, we rebranded ourselves as Class Stars. And that's where the Class Stars podcast name comes from. So instead of Class Act, because that name was basically taken already, we couldn't use that name. We got Class Stars, ClassStars.com, the Class Stars podcast. And we have a functional app on the iOS app store for iPads only, not for phones, because the phone screen is too small. The Android, Google Play Store, and Microsoft Windows. And and we're ready to go running with that. Now, what I had not paid attention to all this time while we were developing the app and really working on making it as simple as possible and collecting the most useful data and presenting back in the most useful ways, the most innovative ways, and teachers that were using it, that were getting it, absolutely loved it. We got such great feedback Um, But what we were not working on is how do we get this message out to the masses? How do we build this out? How do we sell this to schools on a mass level? Because again, when I started, my goal was how can I really spread this message, spread this mission of helping teachers connect with their students to hundreds and thousands and even millions of teachers and students throughout the world. That's, that was really the goal. And I was very good at doing this one-on-one. If I'd meet a teacher with my application, I would explain it to them. Look how simple it is. Look how you can record all this information. Look what it shows you in real time. And it was very easy for me to explain this. But then if I had to get up in front of a group of people, which I typically don't have a hard time doing, speaking in front of a group of people, but the questions that different people asked and just the way it came across to them, it wasn't, it wasn't clicking. And I'd find that to really train them properly, I'd have to come back again and again and again. And of course, we can automate videos. There are a lot of things that we can do, but everything costs money. And it was just very hard to figure out a way to really package this right, to scale it out, to get out there, to be able to explain to people what we're trying to do and answer their questions really before they ask them because there are a lot of very obvious questions and they're all fair. All the questions that teachers asked us, you know, the ones that we could answer easily obviously were fair questions. We anticipated those. But even the ones that frustrated us were obviously fair, legitimate questions that need to be answered. Teachers, for the most part, are smart, are good. They know what they're doing. So we always come with that premise. The same premise that I spoke about the other day is that we have to look at people as if they're smart and not dismiss them. Like I tell teachers to look at their children. Don't dismiss them. Don't look at them as, you know, they just have this issue and forget it. You can't deal with it. There must be a reason. There must be something behind it. And we try to look at everybody that we work with the same exact way. So it became very, very difficult to really get people on board, 
because you just can't do it on the mass level. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in schools. Schools are very busy. We'd meet with principals. They would be very excited. We'd meet with superintendents. They'd be very excited. But then to get the next step would take weeks and weeks. And then to get the next step would take weeks and weeks. And this one would speak to that one. And the person that they spoke to also has other things to do. It just it was a very, very complicated, you know, there was one public school that we worked with that from the first time that we met the superintendent that she loved this program. It took about a half a year just to get in, you know, working into the schools just between everything else that goes on. And the same thing with the New York City Public School. I met with the principal. It just takes forever to get these things going. And for me to spend the time with each person, it just was not viable. So we're trying to figure out a way how to scale this out. So, uh, speaking with different marketing people and business people, because that's what business people do. They know how to get their message out. They know how to get it out to the masses. They know how to connect with customers. They know how to build relationships. One thing that I had learned early on is that you can't come to people and the first thing that you sell them is a software product. It just doesn't work that way. And uh, there's this online marketing guy named Neil Patel. And I found him online. I don't even remember how I came across him, but he was interesting to me. And the way he described it was like this. Like if you meet somebody for the first time and you just go over to them and say, would you like to marry me? They have to be a fool to say yes because it's a massive commitment and they don't know who you are. So how do you get someone to marry you? You go over to them and you don't require them to make such a massive commitment. You have to give them some value. Show them that you have something to offer to them that's not gonna require a massive commitment, and then they have a choice. So if you meet somebody and you ask them to have a cup of coffee with you, that's not a massive uh, request, it's not a massive commitment, and they get to spend some time with you, have coffee, if they like it, then they can choose to you know, do it again or take it to the next level or you know, whatever it might be. So we needed to figure out ways that we can offer value, that we can deliver our message to schools without our application. Of course, our application is great, and we think that it will change the world. And a lot of people who have seen it have agreed with us. There's no doubt about that in our minds. But it's unfair to reach out to the masses and say, hey, everybody sign up with our app. It just doesn't work that way, especially it's not a free app, although we are working on a free download uh, light version that hopefully will be ready for September, if not shortly thereafter, where teachers can get a light version of the app. We didn't like the idea of a one-month trial uh, for schools. It just didn't make sense to us, so we're working on that. But either way, we are trying to figure out ways to get our message out, to deliver value to teachers, to students, to educators across the world um, without having to sign up and make the commitment of undertaking our application. So we're looking at different training programs. We're looking at just getting to know people, giving people an opportunity to meet me, to understand our team and understand education the way we look at education. And that's where the ISTE conference comes in. So we were getting ready for the ISTE conference. We knew that we were going here, that we were going to be going there uh, the last week in June, which is next week. And we wanted to be prepared to meet people, to introduce ourselves to people in the education field, and especially at ISTE, which is the number one education technology conference in the world, as far as I know. And meet people, of course, we will introduce our application because that is our crown jewel. That is the thing that we are most proud of. But more so, if you have other programs or you're just not in a place right now where you're ready to take on this application, we want to be able to help you. We want to be able to share with you our philosophy. 
which again is not something that we invested invented. It's you know it's it's research based. It's common sense. One of the things that we love is when we talk to teachers, just the way they nod their heads at us and be able to give them other things. So we've created a couple of different things for the conference, which we'll talk about more next week because we're really waiting to unveil it at the conference. But we've been working on a webinar that we're going to have that talks about these things at length. We are giving people an opportunity to subscribe to our podcast. We have a couple of giveaways. If you sign up for our podcast, we'll give you some some cool downloadable valuable stuff, things that we think are valuable, things that the education market thinks is valuable. We did a lot of research to know, make sure that what we're giving is valuable. And some basic tools that will allow you to use this philosophy of keeping track of positive and negative interactions with students without actually using our application. So we're working on a couple different things and this has completely consumed me as we come down to the wire. Really, I should have canceled this podcast too to make sure that everything is ready, but didn't want to miss two weeks in a row, and it looks like we're going to be ready. Believe it or not, we are. We should be ready in the next day or two, waiting for a couple of things to come back from our development side. But we're we're pretty confident. We're pretty ready to go. And the last week was a little chaotic, so that's why we didn't have the podcast. But that's really everything that's been going on. So now you know more about us. You can check out our website at www.classstars.com. To learn more about it, obviously we will always be talking about the concepts and uh, I've reached out to a couple of the people that we've been working with over the years to do some interviews, some really great educators that we've met, share some, share some ideas with them. We will touch base at the conference next week, which will be very, very exciting. We've got a lot of opportunity there, you know, signed up for some workshops there, hoping to meet some really good people, reading through the thread every day to see what's going on. And looking to really make a splash, looking to really have impact. That's that's the goal here, to make a, make a difference in the lives of these kids. Teachers are really positioned well to have such a positive and strong, and strong impact on their students. And then obviously on society as a whole, because we know how valuable and important education is. And we also know how complicated it gets with you know all the things that make it compl- complicated. So that's it for now. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you share this with your friends. And if you are at the ISTE conference next week, look out for us, the Class Stars people. I got a special Class Stars baseball cap to wear that should be easy to find me. And I'll be running around. We do not have a booth, actually. A lot of people ask us why we wouldn't have a booth. And the answer is it's our first time there. And we really did not want to be tied down to a booth at the ISTE conference. Hopefully in future years we will be uh, with a booth so people can find this easier. But for now, we're just going to be roving around, roaming around. You'll see us with our Class Stars blue, bright blue Class Stars baseball caps and demoing our software, talking about some other ideas in education. Looking forward to seeing you then. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a class stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.